Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, and I've used my Move the Ball system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize the same tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. Jen Garrett here. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball community for quite some time, I'm glad that you're here with us today. This podcast is all about business, branding, sports, leadership, and of course, how to move the ball. And I'm just going to put it out there that if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your platform of choice so that you never miss an episode. And to those who have reached out to me over the past few weeks about the show, I just want to say thank you so much for all of your feedback. I truly do appreciate all of you. I just got a note from someone last night that was really heartwarming. And I don't know what else to say, but again, just thank you. You guys are the reasons why I do the show. I love all of you and you guys helped me to move the ball. All right. Now, today, I've got a fantastic guest with us, someone who has an incredible story, and I'm super excited for him as he embarks on a new chapter, which we'll talk about in the show. So inside the huddle with us today and here to share his perspectives and help us to move the ball is CJ Wharton. CJ is a wide receiver who started off his college football career with the University of Florida for his freshman through junior years, and then he transferred to FIU to Florida International University. Post-college, CJ was picked up as an undrafted free agent with the Atlanta Falcons, and CJ recently signed with the CFL's Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and I know he's excited. I'm excited to see him suit up in the coming season, and we'll talk more about that here in just a few minutes. CJ, welcome to the show. Hey, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks so much for being on. I'm super jazzed to have you here. You know, the sports world is it's a small, as we've talked about before, and we've shared some stories of people that I've had on the show or who that I know that come from the Florida Gators who either coached you like Chris Leak or played with you or your older brother at right. Florida. So it is it is a small world. And I guess as I was thinking about that today, it made me think about how incredibly valuable networking is for all of us, regardless of what industry we're in, because you just never know when you're going to cross paths with someone that has common connections, or you just run into someone that you knew from way back when. So I just wanted to mention that because it was on my mind to people listening that, you know, think about who's in your network and are you making sure that your networking and your network is as strong as it could be? Because that's really how you do move the ball and, and get to do great things. So yeah, yeah. So enough about that. Let's get into the huddle and the real conversation about you. So where I want to kick things off today is let's start off by you just telling us about football. How did you get into it? I mentioned your older brother, but tell us, how did you get into playing football? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been playing football for as long as I can remember. My older brothers really are both my inspiration. So growing up, they always played soccer. And really, they never took it easy on me. So I kind of decided, you know, that I wanted to play something else. And I kind of naturally found my way to football. And shortly after, my entire family became a football family. So that's what got me there. And, you know, that's, that's how I fell in love with it from, you know, being a little kid playing in the front yard with my older brothers to watching the games to going to the Dolphin games with my dad. That's, that's really where I developed my love for it. And what was it about football that made you really fall in love? And I fell in love with football when I was four. But what was it for you that really made you fall in love with the game? 
I think just every time I was able to go onto a football field, I knew that I was going to have fun at a very young age. I didn't, there was, there was no pressure from the outside world. Uh, I could just go and, and be myself and, you know, have a good time with my friends at the time and, you know, really just build memories and, and, you know, compete with each other because being the youngest of three brothers, everything was about winning. We always competed and, you know, being able to, to really just let loose and have fun was like a dream come true for a kid. Sure. And as you know, in my book, I taught move the ball. I talk about a lot of principles that football teaches us to be successful both on and off the field. For you, what are some of the things that you learn? I mean, you mentioned the competitive aspect and winning. What are some of the other things that you've taken away from the game that have really helped you to be successful thus far? Yeah, I mean, just a lot of really good habits as far as work ethic. I can tell you that I will never in my entire life oversleep for anything. My first practice at University of Florida, I overslept and was late to like our first conditioning. And I got to meet the strength coach that day. And I got to know the stadium very well at Florida. (laughs) So uh, I think I might have some uh, PTSD from that. So (laughs) I I will always be early, you know, on time is is late. So I learned that we have instilled in us a, a really good work ethic. We don't know how to lose. We know how to you know put in the extra hours to to be prepared. And all these are all things that translate to everyday life to being a successful person, not just an athlete. And I think that's something that a lot of employers see nowadays from athletes when they go through the hiring process that you have people who are you know goal oriented and like career driven. So there's endless things that you learn from playing sports that can translate into the real world. Absolutely. And as I'm listening to you, I mean, yes, there's so many things out there, publications, studies on why athletes make good employees as well, because of the reasons that you mentioned. I mean, there's not a uh, there's not a complacent mindset. It's always looking at how you can improve. You're showing up the right way to your point. I mean, if you are there as at the scheduled time, you're late. Right. So they're early. They're ready to go. And those are they just have that competitive nature about them. And the other thing, you know, I have a lot of NFL guys on the show. And one of the common themes we talk about is how replaceable you are, right? And if you're not performing, there's somebody else ready to take your spot. And because you have that mentality, you take that into the business world. And because I feel like in the business world, there's not someone that's just standing on the sideline like, aha, when you fail, when you mess up, I'm going to be in. It doesn't work quite that way. But if you have that mindset that you're thinking that way, you're always looking at how can I be better, smarter, faster at what I do so that I can't be replaced. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say athletes in general are, you know, they're, we're our own hardest critic. So we don't necessarily need a supervisor or somebody, you know, looking over our shoulder trying to, you know, push us to get the job done because we just have that, in, that implemented in us that, you know, we need to be the best. If this is what we're doing, we want to be the best. And, you know, if there's other people in our industry, we're going to, it's natural that we're going to compete with them. And I know a lot of athletes that, choose to do entrepreneurship because it's a very competitive market and they just, that's what they live for. You know, you thrive off that competition. Right. And let's talk about sometimes on the football field and oftentimes in life, we might drop the ball or fumble the ball and it might be at a critical time as well, right? Can you share with us either 
in a game or just an example in life where you might have fumbled or dropped the ball when it really counted. And I mean, they all count, but you know what I'm getting at. And how did you kind of just pick yourself back up and, and bounce back from that? Yeah, I mean, specifically as far as, you know, fumbling the ball, I would say it translates on and off the field. When I was, you know, with the Atlanta Falcons, our last preseason game, you know, I caught a pass over the middle and I made one defender miss against the Jaguars and I tried to turn up field and, you know, somebody came and, and really punched the ball and it just got out and they recovered it. That's, that was just something that, you know, you just can't let happen. And uh, it was fairly early in the game. And it's just at that point, you know, a mental battle with yourself because you do have to turn around and come and finish the game off. And I think, you know, I, I battled with that mentally and, uh, you know, the, the, to have the perseverance and, you know, the mindset where I have to go back in and like, I, you know, I messed up, but I, I have to do this for my team and, you know, the game's not over and there's still a lot of time. And I think, you know, down later in the game, we went down and we scored and I actually caught the conversion to, to tie the game up. So to give us another chance. So it's really about, for me, football in itself is always about the mental battles. Physically, I feel like I can compete against the best. Uh, I feel like I have competed against the best. And it, it really comes down to, you know, staying confident and uh, just never really losing that confidence, especially as a receiver. Uh, you can hear it from, you know, guys all over. As far as catching the ball, you know, you practice it day in, day out. You make crazy catches in practice and you're just not thinking about it. But the second that something like that happens in a game, you know, all of this doubt seeps into your mind and, and your body. And you just really have to be poised enough to control yourself and like control your nerves and, you know, just revisit all those days and all those hours that you put in practicing, uh, looking the ball in and everything like that to, you know, remind yourself that you're in this position for a reason and you have a lot of guys, fans, depending on you to make the next play. Absolutely. So you, you mentioned confidence, which is very important, no matter where we are on the field, off the field in life. And sometimes we lose that confidence because of, or there's a temptation to lose it, or maybe some people haven't had it just because they just have not developed that skill set. I think in, in competitive athletes, you tend to usually have some level of confidence, but that can be uh, drained depending on if you mess up a big play or, or whatever. What kind of advice would you give to anybody to help them keep that confidence level up? I mean, I would just say, think back to all the time and effort. Nobody knows as an athlete how much work you put in to yourself and, and perfecting your craft. And at the end of the day, you know what your capabilities are. You can play at a high level. You have to perform. Everybody else around you, your teammates, they all have, you know, all the confidence in the world. And that's the only reason why you're on the field. And, you know, you just really, for me, talking to myself is, is a good way. And, you know, just like reminding myself, you know, why I'm there and, you know, the things that I've done in the past and who I am is really good. But for me, my confidence really comes from knowing that I can be a person who changes the game at any given time. And I owe that to my teammates. You know, I want to do it for them just because all of the hours that they've put in working, that's really where my confidence comes from and uh, not really doing it for me or, you know, for, for my stats or anything like that, but like doing it to win the game for the guys next to me. Sure. And part of that developing that confidence is overcoming adversity as well, because when you overcome adversity, then you feel good about yourself. Hey, I, you know, I got through whatever situation 
or scenario I was battling or, you know, whatever was going on in the football field, we overcame that, we scored some points, we're winning, whatever it is, that feeling of overcoming that adversity is so important. Can you share with us a time that you might have had some adverse circumstances in your life that you've overcome, whether it's football related or otherwise? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I uh, I mean, just football wise, having to make the the decision to leave the University of Florida, it was tough because, you know, like I said, my confidence and everything about me comes from playing for the guys next to me. So having to be put in a situation where I felt like I was walking out on them was really tough. And, you know, I, it was hard to do that. But, you know, it was just something that I had to do, you know, ultimately for, for the betterment of my career. So that that was definitely something there. And then having to deal with injuries, you know, throughout my entire collegiate career, I, I battled injuries. So, you know, you you try to spend as much time in the training room and you, do, you can literally do everything right. You can practice right. You can eat right. You can stay healthy. You can work out. And just one freak accident can can change everything. You know, this that's that's the that's really the beauty of this game is you never know when it's gonna be over for you. So you have to enjoy every moment. But yeah, I mean, definitely it was definitely a lot of adversity trying to battle through injuries, uh having pressure from, you know, the outside world, you know, to to produce and and everything like that when they really don't understand what's going on. All they see is he's not playing. And a lot of the times we didn't release reasons why, or, you know, we wouldn't tell you what's hurting on a player because if you do play, you're just giving more information to the other team. So there's a lot of different things as far as that, you know, and, and just being a college student, you know, you've got school, you've got tests, uh, you've got a multitude of distractions, but you know, you, we all fall victim to that at some point. And, uh, it took a lot of of digging, you know, me personally and soul searching uh, when I did decide to leave the University of Florida to, to say, OK, this is why I'm leaving. This is who I want to be. And these are the things that I need to change specifically to, to get to that point. So there, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of soul searching and a lot of, you know, digging and, you know, talking to myself that I had to do to to really overcome all of the adversity and be able to put myself in a situation to play in the NFL. Sure. And you bring up something that I I want to just take a few minutes and talk about, which is in professional sports, collegiate sports, it's different than everyday life because you have the whole, not the whole world, but you have a lot of people watching you, right? On game day during the week, like you're in the spotlight, especially coming from a program like the University of Florida, right? SEC school. And so I don't think people fully understand how much pressure there is, and and just what that's like if you haven't played in a program like that or been around the game, because it is so different than just the everyday person that's getting up in the morning and going to work, right? And so, talk to us about how do you how do you drown out that noise and not listen to what's going on or stay focused when you have when you're in the public light? Oh, uh, I mean, I would say a lot of people have different ways of dealing with it. Some people, you know, invite that type of noise and. Mm-hmm kind of thrive off of that, you know? Yeah. Other people just, you know, not use social media as much or, you know, limit their audience or, you know, who they can see. Wh- whatever works for you. I, Me personally, I just think that you can't let anybody who doesn't really know the whole story have any type of dictatorship or say on, on your life or, you know, you can't let them impact you because they don't understand everything that's going on in your life. And for people who have never, you know, played, collegiate sports, they really never will understand what it's like 
So you can't let any of that dictate how you attack the day or how you attack, you know, your, your profession. You just have to really lean on the guys that are with you, your, your close network, your close family, whoever you have. And, you know, just understand what you're doing it for and understand why you started playing the game and, you know, remind yourself why you love it. Sure. And I, as I'm listening to you, I mean, one thing I, I was thinking about is how there's just so much more pressure now with all these different social media channels. You know, 20 years ago, there wasn't a Facebook, there wasn't, I don't know, not yet. There wasn't, you know, there wasn't Instagram and Twitter and all these things where people could be posting in an instant, right? Their opinions or things that are going on. And so it's a very different environment now than it was two decades ago. So it's, I just wanted to highlight that it is even tougher now to to be an athlete at both the collegiate and professional level because of just the amount of um, exposure that is at people's fingertips. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, social media has progressed so much. And, you know, positively, it's given all of the players the ability to, to speak for themselves and let, you know, real engagement with the fans. And what comes along with that is the fans' ability to state their opinion on social media as well. So there's positives and there's negatives to it. I think really social media should be used more positively. A lot of these players are doing a lot of good things on social media, supporting each other, other athletes on different teams. You didn't see that a long time ago. A lot of people thought, you know, if you played for a different team, you hated each other. And I think people realize that aside from the season, a lot of these guys are friends, uh, family and, and stuff like that. And, you know, we all do support each other at the end of the day. Sure. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, playing collegiate football, playing professional football, you know, there, there's some business to be handled there. But outside of that, there is that camaraderie. There is that support. Right. And yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. You see a lot of uh, a lot more support on social media, people posting, sharing on stories there. There are friends who are playing on different teams. So, you know, on game day, you go to battle. But in other regards, you help each other, you support each other. And something, too, that um, has always impressed me over the last uh, a few years too is going to the combine and and watching guys perform their drills and you have so basically if you have the wide receiver group for example right all the wide receivers are there but they're cheering each other on and wanting each of them to perform at their best it's not like oh well you could be taking a spot away from me so I want to see you fail that's not how it is it's about bringing that energy using it to uplift other people around you and help them to perform at their best yeah absolutely I mean I always feel like my entire time playing football, I play better when I'm trying to be a leader and motivate my guys because I try to lead by example. So, you know, by me getting in there and, and uh, you know, seeing someone else make a really good play and going in there and high-fiving them or congratulating them, it just ups the level the entire time. And like you said, like you're in there and, uh, you know, you're, you're congratulating one another, you're hyping each other up, but at the same time you're competing. So it's like, all right, yeah, like you just, you know, you just made a really good catch. Congrats. Like that was a good catch, everything like that. But now watch me work, you know, like, all right, now I got to go out there and I got to compete and, you know, I got to perform. So and at the end of the day, it's, it's football. It's fun. You know, this is something that a lot of us have been doing since we were five, six years old. You know, we love doing it. We, we grew up when there was no pressure of how good you were or, you know, how you performed. We just naturally picked up the ball and played and, you know, we enjoy each other's company. Sure. And I, I like what you talked about, the energy that you bring and, you know, congratulating people, high-fiving them. That's what it's about. Whether you're on the football field or in the business setting, it's about uplifting, energizing, celebrating with your teammates as well. And that 
positive energy gives you more momentum and it also wants you to continue to perform at a higher level. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, football itself, you know, you have those times when you have other athletes, even the same position that are around you. And, you know, it does have that certain camaraderie because there's so few people who can understand all the challenges that you go through, you know, whether it be physically with injuries or just like your mental state. And so being able to be around other guys who can understand all of your feelings or, you know, all of your emotions, it, it's just a natural relationship that's, that's built there. So, yeah, I mean, that, it's, it's an awesome feeling to be able to be around other people where you don't have any pressure of them not understanding who you are. You know, you can just be yourselves and, and they're accepting of that. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a similar type of culture in the military space as well. And being you know, in the military myself, I can appreciate what you've described in that setting. Obviously, I didn't play, so I don't have that personal uh, exposure or insight. But from a military standpoint, too, like that culture, it's like you connect well with them. I mean, they are your brothers and sisters, you know, in that setting, and you've gone through similar things, and you un- understand each other, and basically are willing to go battle with them, right? And to, to die for them if that needs to be the case. So what I want to do is let's talk a little bit because I am a football person. And as you know, I did go to the University of Alabama. So uh, let's talk about SEC football for a second. So you got to play in some pretty big games, the SEC championship game against Alabama. Talk to us about what that's like and what it's like playing with against a team like Bama. And I'm not, I'm not trying to just talk about Bama. I mean, Bama has been known to have a really strong football program. And so they're a strong opponent. So, you know, I could insert a number of other teams in there as well, but you guys happen to play Bama in the SEC championship. So talk to us about what it was like playing in that game. Yeah. I mean, uh, every time you get to go play for a championship, it's special playing against Alabama at the time, you know, they've been at the top. They've, you know, consecutively won. They know how to win. They're proven winners. So it was, it's always fun to play against because, you know, you're playing against the guys that you would see at the next level too. So a lot of talent on both sides. I mean, countless guys that are playing in the NFL now. So th- that environment was just crazy getting to play, you know, in the dome in Atlanta with everything on the line, you know, the ent- everything that you, the, the entire season, the entire off season coming down to these moments. And, uh, you know, it was just the biggest game of, of our lives up until that point. And, uh, you know, you just want to, you want to take everything in because you do want to enjoy it, but you don't want to let the moment be bigger than you. So you just try to live in it and, you know, do everything that you've practiced to do and uh, try to keep yourself calm and understand, you know, your goals, your, your direction and everything like that. But definitely looking back on it, it was, you know, that was one of the most fun environments I've ever been in as a player. That's even with, you know, being in the NFL, playing in the Hall of Fame game, you know, against the Broncos in Denver, that was right up there with it. But those two, those two games and those two environments definitely were something I'll never forget. Sure. And Derrick Henry was the MVP of the game. Like when you look at guys like Derrick Henry, who's just, he's had an amazing, obviously college career, he's doing well um, in the NFL. When you look at guys like that, what is it about them that you think makes them so great? I mean, Derrick Henry is a, he is an alien. <laughs> no, honestly, you don't find guys that are that big, that strong, that fast, have that good of vision very often. So 
that that's one thing that you know already puts him above but then his work ethic i mean i me personally i don't know him but through social media i you, i can see that he puts countless hours into training and taking care of his body and you know doing the right things in the off season and it all translates so he you know obviously he went through a really good strength and conditioning program at alabama but um he just really he's thriving off of you know, his offensive line being really well and, you know, him just being bigger, faster, stronger than everybody else around him. And that's a product of the work that he puts in in the offseason. Sure. I mean, work ethic is so important. It's not just, as you know, it's not just about talent, right, that gets you to where you want to go. It's all the other things, the discipline, the taking care of your body. And when I say taking care of your body, that's not unique to athletes. Taking care of your body is important and no matter what you do, because you need to have your body at its best to perform at your best for whatever your craft is. So let's talk about some of your performance. I know we talked about you transferring to FIU. You started every game, team leader in yards, touchdowns in 2018. You had a big game against Miami. Talk, was that the most memorable game for you or was there some other game that really stood out in your mind? I think the game against Miami was probably one of the most memorable just because it was really my first time being able to see the other guys at FIU you know, step up against some some real like big time competition. And I, I think they all handled it really well. You know, that we went out there and we competed the entire time. So that, that was like our first big milestone or task that we had to handle. And it kind of set the tone for the rest of the season for us because it was an early game. I think it was our third or fourth game of the season. So I think we we shocked a lot of people, you know, that really wrote us off for looking at the uh, the spread or, you know, all the stats and stuff that Vegas comes up with. We weren't even supposed to be in the game. And to, to come out and, you know, after the game, tell ourselves that we made some mistakes. We missed some opportunities. You know, that game could have easily gone differently. And it, it gave us a lot of confidence for the rest of the season as to what we could do and who we could be. And then it, I honestly think that, you know, it carried over into the next season when they went back to Miami and they had all that confidence because we had played against them and we competed against them and, you know, they were able to beat them. Sure. So let's talk about, let's transition away from college ball and talk about where you're going now, your new chapter. Um, so yeah. as I mentioned, when I opened the show, you know, you've signed with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the CFL. Talk to us about how are you feeling going into the season? What are you doing to train? That kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's all happened really fast, you know, this turnaround, but I've done uh, everything I can to train. Obviously, the weather here hasn't been on our side as much, but just taking care of my body and trying to mentally prepare, understanding that, you know, Canadian football is different from the NFL. There's a lot of different rules. The, the game itself is just, is just different. So having to try to learn all of that, learn the playbook, and just make sure, you know, mentally I'm, I'm ready to be able to move to a, you know, a different country and, you know, be prepared for that. Obviously, Miami, it doesn't get very cold. Uh, so <laughs> yes. I'm, you know, I'm, prepared, I'm preparing for that, too, as I, you know, as I embark on this journey. So uh, definitely packing some jackets. Yes. But, yeah, just trying to stay positive because, like I said, you never know when this game is over for you. So, you know, just me personally having another opportunity to, to play and, you know, relive those childhood dreams and get to go out there and just have fun. I mean, it's honestly, it's just a blessing. And like, I'm, I'm so happy. I, I look forward to enjoying every second of it. 
And something about being a competitive athlete is you're always focused on that continual improvement. So what is it that you're really focusing on improving? Right? I mean, obviously, Canadian football is different. There's three downs versus four. Field is different. There's a lot of differences in how it's played. So aside from understanding how to play in that environment, what else are you doing to try to improve? Yeah, I mean, just trying to learn the plays. Like I said, it's a different game. You know, the NFL uses four downs. They use three downs. So the really the, the entire game plan changes and I've never, you know, played in that type of, you know, in that type of mindset. So that's really the biggest thing is trying to understand, you know, uh, the down and distances, when we're going to take shots, you know, try to get explosive plays and uh, all the situations that come along with it. Because really for me, um, being a student of the game and being one of the smarter guys on the field has, has been where I've been successful. So. You know, I, I fully intend to to learn everything as fast as I can and, and continue to to keep that knowledge and understand, you know, situations and putting myself in the right position at the right time. And you mentioned you know, being a student of the game. I mean, that's so important, especially you're going for, to a very different type of game, still football, but it's played very differently. And so that's definitely going to be key to your success is to just understand those differences and the playbook. I'm definitely excited to see you on your journey. I know you're more excited than me, probably. I hope so. And uh, and so definitely uh, looking forward to seeing you suit up in a new country in the cold weather. I'll have to ask you about how it's like playing in those uh, in those colder environments. I remember, I know you, we've talked about Chris Leak before when Chris played. I think he was in Montreal for a few seasons and he would tell me stories about how cold <laughs> it gets up there playing. And so, um, yeah, I'd be interested in your perspective and and how you're doing up there for sure. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to call Chris and try to see if I can get some uh, some tips or pointers out of him. <laughs> there you go. So what I want to do now, CJ, to end the show is I want to walk you through or take you through my two-minute drill and just ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? Absolutely. All right. My first question is, what did you want to be when you were 10 years old? I wanted to be an NFL player. Okay. How about who would play you in a movie about your life? Who would play me in a movie about my life? It has to be somebody really cool. I would go with like Robert Downey Jr. Oh, that's a good. And you know, he's got a great story too about overcoming adversity. I mean, it's, I think he's a talented actor, um, hands down. But I mean, just his story from where he came from and the trials and tribulations he felt or faced and just where he is now, it's really neat to see. It's not how you start, it's how you finish that matters. Exactly. So my next question is, how about what is your favorite vacation spot? My favorite vacation spot would have to be maybe the Bahamas, either there or Mexico, one of the two. Nice tropical locations. I have to be on the beach. Yeah, absolutely. And what about, what is your favorite ice cream flavor that you might be eating on the beach? I'm just a vanilla guy. I really don't eat too much ice cream, but if I had to choose like a milkshake, I'm just going vanilla. Okay. Got it. How about what is a pet peeve of yours? Not washing your dishes after you eat and leaving them in the sink. Definitely biggest pet peeve. Got to keep everything clean and organized. Your mom has taught you well. She would be very proud. <laughs> yeah. How about what, what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? Uh, to be honest, I really haven't been listening to too many podcasts. Whenever I'm on social media, uh, I do try to listen to Barstool. I think Dave Portnoy is hilarious. Mm-hmm. So I follow that sometimes. Um, I think his pizza reviews through quarantine was one of the things I look forward to most. So 
that would be where I'm at right now. Okay. And my last question is you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? Ooh. Um, Chad Johnson would have to be there. Absolutely. He's going to be the life of the party. <laughs> Who else would I invite? I would probably invite someone like Shaka Zulu and my third one, who is my celebrity crush right now. <laughs> I would have to go with someone like Mila Kunis or somebody. Okay. Sounds like it would be a very fun party for sure. I think so. I think yes. it, sounds- <laughs> it would be interesting. Yes, it would be. So CJ, as we look to close the show, do you have any last thoughts for our listeners? And also, can you share with us where are you at on social media so people can follow you on your journey? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat is all the same, CJ Wharton 11. And uh, right now I'm just getting ready for this transition, uh, you know, a change in scenery, a change in life. And uh, I'm just taking it day by day and, and enjoying everything that this journey is, you know, presenting to me. So anything else I would rather say to the audience is uh, specifically, you know, anybody who's going through their own trials and tribulations is, you know, you have family and friends, you have a close network, reach out to them. It's okay to talk about things, specifically athletes. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to have, you know, mental battles or not always have to be the person that everybody thinks you are. That's who defines us. And, uh, you know, if you, you, you feel like you're going through anything, like I said, I just gave you my social medias. I, I would be more than happy to, to listen to you and talk to you about anything and everything. So just know that, you know, you're not alone in anything like that. So that was really my message. Well, thank you for bringing that up because mental health is so important and it's good to see that there's more of a focus on it and more of an acceptance for people to openly express how they might be struggling and they may not be, okay? And you're absolutely right. Nobody should feel like they're alone. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Well, CJ, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a true pleasure having you here with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk to you. And I wish you so much success. I'm certainly going to be pinging you and seeing how things are going up in Winnipeg. And uh, thank you again. And until next time, thank you to everyone who listened to our show. And uh, we'll see you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.